Today on The Chris Stefanik Show, the world is going to hate you when you take a stand for what's right. Do it anyway. I got to speak at a, a men's conference recently about qualities of manhood that the world no longer tolerates. And a lot of these principles obviously apply to, to a Christian woman too. Uh, but I lean into the, the concept of, of authority. When a man claims his God-given authority in society as a, as a leader, as a father, the world tends to hate that. And I want to share a clip of that talk with you. And then I'm going to jump into an interview I had with a man who was demonized and threatened with 11 years in prison for using his God-given authority as a dad. This man's name is Mark Hauk. Mark uh, was at an abortion clinic with his son, peacefully praying. And, and this guy's not driven by a spirit of hatred for people who, who are, are victimized, I think, by a society that legalizes abortion. A lot of times women find themselves forced into a situation because this is legal and some guy who wants to use this woman is pushing her to have this abortion so he doesn't have to deal with the consequence of sleeping around, right? Um, and, and Mark actually has pictures of kids that he's saved and women he's saved for making a choice that they regret. Uh, by the way, quick tangent, a lot of people who watch this are not devout Catholics. If you've had an abortion, uh, some people hear this kind of talk and dig their heels in and like, I don't want to budge on this issue. I think sometimes it's because they're unaware of the fact that it's okay to be wrong, even about something this big that you did, because the mercy and love of God for you is so big. It's so much bigger than anything you did. And redemption is possible for you. So now that I got that out of the way, um, Mark's motive in going here is to help these women to make the right choice uh, and, and, and to take a stand for what's right. I mean, it, it's okay for us to say, no, I'm drawing boundaries. Abortion should be illegal. People shouldn't be allowed to do literally anything they want. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said that if, if abortion isn't wrong, what is? It's a great question. And, and so Mark was there with his son, peacefully praying and um, a pro-choice protester got in his son's comfort zone and was saying lewd things to his son. Now his son's 12 years old. His son got behind Mark and was visibly shaken. And Mark said, stay away from my son. Don't talk to my son. The guy continued to yell at Mark's son. Again, just 12 year old kid. So Mark did something that I think a Christian father using his authority, comfortable with his, with his own God-given authority, should do and shoved the man physically away from his son. Does it shock you to hear a Christian preacher say that sometimes it's okay to shove someone? I'm not talking about political activism expressed in violence. That's different. I, I would condemn that. And I would condemn anyone who's a pro-lifer from going out there and committing violence. That's a sin in order to, to punch people for the pro-life cause, right? We have the rule of law and, and God wills that. Uh, but in self-defense, it's okay. And in physic, in, in, in to threaten a, a child, right? In defense of a child, it's okay to say, I'm putting my body in the way. You can't do that. I draw a boundary here. For that crime, 11 months later, Mark woke up to a bang in his door, opens the door. There's a full SWAT team who barges into his house. He said there was uh, about 25 people with 15 vehicles and about five M16s pointed in his face, his wife's face when she came downstairs, and they were swinging the guns around. So when his kids started wandering out of bed wondering what's wrong, these, these guns were pointed at his kids. <sighs> Mind absolutely blown. His wife asked, do you have a warrant for my husband's arrest? The FBI's response was, we're taking him with or without a warrant. 
that would technically be kidnapping at gunpoint. Okay. He was offered a plea bargain or to face the possibility of 11 years in prison. His wife said, look, you take that plea bargain, don't come home. <laughs> She's a tough woman, dude. She said, we're standing for what's right. We're using our God-given authority to say no. Even if all of society is crushing us and pushing down on us, we're not going along with this because that would set a dangerous precedent that would then be used with a, with a pro-choice federal government and executive branch to use, to use the Department of Justice to bully and, and terrorize people, to create fear. We call that terrorism in some real sense. So he risked everything. Uh, it, was, it was thrown out. Thank God. All right. It was brought before a jury. And within an hour, they said, this is ridiculous. They have nothing. But he had to live 11 months of his life in fear of spending 11 years in prison. Uh, he, he spent hours, you know, in an interrogation room with the shorts on in chains. He's going to tell you all about that today. Uh, so I'm just excited to share this with you. And guys, I, I got to clarify here. I'm not sharing this with you to be political. If you want political shows, there's plenty of those out there. I'm sharing this with you to encourage you, to encourage you as a Christian to not be afraid. Don't be afraid to stand your ground. Because when everyone starts becoming afraid to stand their ground, all the available ground that we could possibly stand on starts to get eroded, starts to be taken away from us. There are so many people out there who would want to take away your freedom. And it's hard to accept that fact. It's hard to accept the fact that there are actual enemies of you if you want to do what's right enemies. Isn't it unchristian to call someone else your enemy? No. Jesus said, love your enemies. If you didn't have enemies, he wouldn't say love them, right? But our response in the midst of that should be to stand our ground and also to stand our ground. And I, I, I love this interview with Mark because it highlights what he did. It's different. Don't stand your ground with a spirit of anger. Stand your ground with courage, but also with love. By the grace of God, and it really is an act of grace, Mark's not resentful for the people who were wanting to take him away from his family and to have him be put in prison for 11 years for simply standing his ground. So I hope this all inspires you today. We'll kick it off again with my talk about authority and go right into my interview with Mark Houck. Authority. Forget this one, man. The world does not like this at all. We don't like men who are comfortable using the word no. I draw boundaries. I say no. I stand up for what's right, even if I get in trouble for it in the face of society, because society is not my God. The government's not my God. God is my God. We prefer to weed men like that out. And the more domineering a society gets, the more aggressive it gets at weeding men out who know their own boundaries and their own authority. Has anyone here read Sholzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago? There's a couple guys. Okay, it's a painful read. It's described more as being history itself than a historical book because it just goes through endless amounts of details of the people who were put in prison while the Soviets rose to power to create prison camps, slave labor, and also to weed out powerful men who would have stood up in their small communities and said, we're not going along with this garbage. We're not going along with it. But there's one story in the Gulag Archipelago where there was a, a, a community gathering, and every time someone said the name Stalin, the room started to clap and then sat down. Well, one time, the word Stalin was spoken, and everyone stood up and started clapping and looking around and realizing no one's sitting. So they kept clapping, 
It went on for 20 minutes until men were literally passing out because everyone was afraid to be the first guy to sit because they might be perceived as disloyal or as having the chutzpah to say, I, I, no, no, enough is enough. <laughs> Guess what? The first guy that did sit down was missing the next day. Spent the rest of his life in, in, in the gulags, in slave labor. Hmm. That one might have a sense of his own authority in relation to the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist. Let's get rid of him. Hmm? They try that with Mark, who will be speaking to you later today. Yeah. Guys, we want men today who just go along to get along. We even repaint Jesus as being that guy. When we talk about being like Jesus and WWJD and what would Jesus do, often what people mean is, be nice. He wasn't nice. He was love. Love makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Love has boundaries. Love, in Mark 3, 5, looked at the crowd with anger. Dang, I would have hated to be in that congregation. Jesus looking around at anger. Jesus, who is love, put people out of the room who were mocking him. Jesus was powerful, but people don't like that Jesus anymore, and they don't like a church that has boundaries either. I, they don't like a church that Paul told Timothy, encourage and rebuke, both. Because love expressed in authority does both, because it's not about you liking me. Being nice is usually about me making sure that I'm liked by you. Love goes further than that. It's not about me. Paul told Titus, encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Guys, he was clear about mercy and about welcoming and about the love of God that can conquer any sin. He was also clear while opening all the doors about literally rejecting people who reject the lordship of Jesus Christ in their lives. Jesus is a king, a kingdom that has actual boundaries. And part of the reason for the boundaries of a kingdom is to protect what's sacred inside those city walls. Our children, for instance. Because a father has a flock to protect from wolves, and wolves are real, whether we like that or not. Yes, we can love our enemies, but I don't give my enemies access to my children. And I don't let them confuse my children. Clarity in teaching is not unloving. And there's a growing number of people within our own church who pit clear teaching against the total welcome of Jesus Christ. You know what we see on the cross? We see a, a truth that does not compromise with a love that never stops, and it's a very uncomfortable position. And that's where he's calling us to exist. Hey guys, quick note about my interview with Mark Hauk right now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're aware that we are interviewing with a big city street behind us in Pittsburgh. If you're not, you're listening to the podcast, well, that's why there's background noise. So, now to the interview. Mark, Chris, great to dude, thanks for, thanks for spending some time during this men's sure, conference talking sure. to me. All right, uh, I just want to dive right in. Tell me about what happened the morning of September 23rd, 2022. A year ago today. Was that a year ago today? Yes, today's September 23rd. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even think about that. No, I did when not. you said that, you didn't think about it. I didn't. It's crazy. Thank you, Lord, for, for giving us that, this Praise moment God. of grace. Praise God. Because God wants to speak a message through what happened and through your response to the world. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me. Look, it, it's a day that was my defining moment in my life. And it, it got even more uh, grace-filled. But that day, I got up. Uh, 
as a homeschool dad early, six o'clock in the morning to get my kids ready for co-op. You know, we leave the home that day, so that's a fun day. So I'm up early, I got a quiche in the oven. Around 6.30, 6.45, there's a heavy bang at the door. And and someone outside yelling, open up. That's it, open up. So I I, I thought someone was hurt outside, there was a fire, who knows, right? Yeah. Um, now I was a target of a federal grand jury investigation, but that's not where my mind went. Because who's going to come to the door and just bang and totally. yell, open up? Totally, right? yeah. So I went to the door and like, I said... What, what possible reason could there be for that? Exactly. Yeah. And that my kids are all asleep, seven children sleeping. My wife's barely stirring. It's dark o'clock in the fall in, in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I go to the door and I say, who is it? They bang again. And they say, it's the FBI. Open up. So I said, I could tell the urgency. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I said, stay calm. I got seven babies in here, please stay calm. I didn't know what I was gonna see. Chris, when I opened up the door with my hands showing the officers that I was unarmed, there was 20 plus federal, agent, federal agents and PA state troopers on my property. 10 marked and unmarked units, sirens going, everything. M16 guns pointed at me. Pointed at, you're looking down the barrel of an M16. Five M16 guns. Oh, come on. And PA state troopers behind their doors with the pistols drawn, I have two SWAT it's guys in the back door. It's unforgettable to have a gun pointed at you. I've had one pointed at me Especially by accident. Especially when it's a, an assault like, rifle. Yeah, and, and yeah, could, within a second. This so. I, absolutely. So, you know, you're alarmed, you're jarred, and... and Your kids you, see this? Well, they were downrange eventually. At this point, they're just waking up. They didn't even get up. You know, I was the only one up. So they have ballistic helmets, ballistic shields, battering rams, two of them, and, and, and all this armory. And I said, what are you doing here? And they said, well, you know why we're here. I said, oh, you're here because I rescue babies. That's what I said. They didn't do anything. You see, Chris, fear banged on my door and faith answered the door. That's exactly what it was. Yeah! The, the sacred heart that. of Jesus is yeah. my home's yeah. enthroned to. The Prince of Peace came out upon them. Not me. That The Lord that dwells in my home. I'm proud of you for how and you they responded didn't, to that moment. Bro. And they didn't even know what to do. It was like the Sanhedrin. Like It was like uh, in the garden yeah. in Gethsemane. Like they, they didn't know what to do. Where's Jesus of Nazareth? I am here. Yeah, what, what was the crime for which they came to that door? Well, you know it. You say, you say babies, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, there, was, there was an altercation with a guy who made your kid feel threatened. He bullied and harassed my kid. Yeah. And I did what any good dad would do. I took Thank authority. Yes. And I dominated that situation. <laughs> yeah. And I protected my son. Which is, and it was demonized because it was pro-life. Right. But also demonized because the world doesn't have any tolerance for dads who say, you, you're not, not allowed watch. to threaten my kid. Not, not on, on my, my watch. watch. Right. Yeah. Amen. No, they were slaying dragons down there and, you know, yeah, yeah. with Planned Parenthood trying to help people. And, you know, I, I just, I, I did what any good dad would do. And, and the Philadelphia court system, PA State Court, said no problem either. Yeah, it was they, dismissed. They dismissed it. They dismissed it. As, as they should have. Right. Um, but but the, the abuse of power that came through your door that day, the, the amount of arms pointed at you, who one you know one quick investigation before they came to your door, which they guaranteed did, would have revealed they didn't need to do that. Right, right. Um, that that overuse of power, it, it's it's. I don't know how else to describe it, and I don't want to sound extreme here, but domestic terrorism, a, a warning shot to all pro-lifers. Is there any way, other way to understand that? Giving people the benefit of the doubt here, I really don't know how else to see it. In our country right now, Cardinal Mueller came to my home two weeks after this. You know, God bless you know him. Cardinal. Yes. So he said, uh, yeah. dictatorships and tyranny are coming 
when they wake little children in the middle of the night and they arrest their father in, in the cover of night, hmm. right, at gunpoint. He said, that's, that's exactly what happened here. And so this is the country we live in. Our, our Justice Department, our, we call the, the Biden administration, the process is the punishment. They want to punish you. They don't care about a conviction. They want to humiliate you. You're a target now because you're an activist. You're a man of faith. You're a guy that is saying, not on my watch. Right, right. And, and you're standing against the grain, right? I'm not going to go along to get along. Yeah. I'm going to do what's right because it's the right thing to do. And so now you're a target of the state. And that's exactly how they approached it. And I got to thank you. And I don't think enough people have thanked you. Because when you just take that, when you just plead guilty, when you just bow down and cower before it, it encourages more of it. Because sure. there's there's actual people that were behind that. And this is hard for people to conceive of, right? Sure. And, and frankly, I, I read the Gulag Archipelago. I was sharing that yeah. in my talk today. Um, one of the reasons that more and more people got arrested is that everyone couldn't believe what was happening. Right. Because they presumed the best of the people who were arresting them. Sure. And a lot of them thought, you know what? I'll, I'll be proven innocent. Something will come out that will change this awful situation. And everyone went along with it, and pretty soon millions and millions of people were unjustly in jail. Sure. And a dictatorship had taken over. Right. Um, so thank you for standing up against that tide, man. You're welcome. Uh, i, I got to read this one quote. This is uh, Sholzhenitsyn about what happened to him upon his arrest. So there's always this fallacious belief it would not be the same here. Here, such things are impossible. Alas, all the evil of the 20th century is possible everywhere on Earth. Woo! Man. So thanks for pushing back the darkness, buddy. And what was the church's response to you? Did you get a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and bishops and priests calling you and saying, dude, thank you so much for... Bishop Joseph Strickland reached out to me that day. He doesn't even know me. So I'm saying my daily mass for you today. Wow. Found a way to find me. Four bishops have supported me since then. Praise I'm not God. here to bash the, no, the no, church, but Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, Auxiliary Bishop Joe, uh, Joe Coffey, Archdiocese Military, yeah. friend of mine, and uh, Cardinal Dolan. So those are the only ones that, that have You know, I, I think some of them did not reach out. Yeah, that's a guy who's been around many bishops for the same reason a lot of dads don't rise up and do things, because they, they struggle with what a lot of dads do, and they think, will it make a difference? Yeah. Does the guy really want me to call? Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, though, some guys didn't reach out because people, even within the church, shy away from people who are manly, Sure. frankly, sure. And, and rise up and use yeah. their masculine yeah. authority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a threat. So, so they were attacking that. They were attacking the, the caricature that they had made of the pro-life movement. Sure. They, they, there was a, an act of domestic terrorism because they treated you like a domestic terrorist sure. just for being pro-life. Sure. What are you actually doing out there when you're doing that pro-life work? Were you out there screaming at people, frothing at the mouth, telling them they're hateful and being a physical threat? We're saving souls, man. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're part of uh, an amazing encounter. Probably the greatest thing I could do with my time. I'm a father of seven children, but on that day, I depart to rescue. I leave my domestic church, and I depart to rescue a child who's in danger of termination, right? Yeah. So that, that's one of the most important things I've ever done in my life. Uh, if but for that day, uh, you know, obviously my call as husband and father is superior to all of everything, but I've held these babies. I've held these babies that if we didn't say yes and stand in the gap on those days, now I bring my son in at 12, I start educating him and forming him in his role as a man. This is what we're doing every week, son. This Dude, is what we're awesome. doing. This is what we do. This is how we help. So you've met some of the babies I've you've held these literally babies. helped. Held these babies. 
Praise God. Yeah, praise God. You save a soul, you save your own soul. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. It, the math is simple. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. Were, were you... I mean, you, you, you see this evil face-to-face -face as you go, go to there. Um, my, my mom prays at an abortion clinic in northern Colorado, and there was a group of Satanists who were coming out to, to confront them. Sure. Like, avowed Satanists, which kind of reveals, tips the hand a little, you know, sure. what's behind this. Sure. Um, but even having seen all that, and the, the hatred people have toward you, even as you're there calmly praying, of course. and they want to threaten a little child, of course. Even having seen all that, were you shocked about what happened and how, how much people who you presume, there's another rational person across the table from me. I mean, you had 11 years on, on the line. That's right. You might have been in, in jail for 11 years. Were you shocked that people wanted to see that happen to you just for going there and praying? Or, or was it no surprise? You know, being in, in a men's movement leadership role, I knew that this day would come. I just wasn't okay. sure it was going to be a year ago today. Uh, I knew the day. I've been saying yes to martyrdom for 20 years, not denying myself. Yeah. Yes to what I want to do. Small ways, right? Right, small little victories. So when martyrdom banged on my door, I could say yes to it. Praise he God does give you the grace for that moment. But if you keep rejecting it, you, you won't embrace that like, like Colby. He saw, he'd been praying for that moment for how many years of his life. I was born on his feast day. So you, you were not surprised when that day came? No, I, and when I left, I, I, I had peace. Yeah. I knew my family would be taken care of, but I didn't know how far, how long I would be gone for. I didn't know when I was coming back, but I had perfect peace. When I was chained to a table for six hours at the federal building, cuffed, shackled, all of it for six hours, I was, I was at the foot of Calvary. I was right at the foot of Calvary. So and I you, could pluck a splinter right off the cross. You were in, I, I saw some interview where you described how you were in your shorts. They didn't really go get your, your, no, your, no. your pants on. In cha chains around your ankles. Sure. You were sitting there for exactly. six hours in an interrogation room. No, they didn't, they didn't even interrogate me. They just let me sit for six hours. Just to scare you. Chained to a table, a little white room about the size of an eight by 10 room. And you were peaceful and joyful. I was praying my rosary the whole time. I, I, I was meditating on the communion of the saints. I was meditating on my guardian angels. I was thinking about Colbe. I was thinking about how, how they rejoice to suffer for, for, for the name. Like I felt blessed. I felt honored. I felt that God would call me, me, unworthy me, to suffer this is Acts chapter four. It was it. They, they, it, it they was, praised God for suffering. For exactly. His, it was it was pure joy, pure joy. Okay, so you weren't surprised that people would hate you enough to ruin your life, or try to. Were you surprised looking back at that amount of grace? Because that's actually shocking. Like that doesn't make sense outside of the. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense because it's nonsense to, to the world uh, who, who, are, who are perishing, right? Mm -hmm. To us as Christians, we know that this, is, this makes all the sense. It's yeah. the only way you make sense yeah. of suffering, especially unjust suffering. Yeah. Which so, we, like, might, we might get more of. That's the beatitude, right? Blessed yeah. are the persecuted. A self-protective response, which the gospel counsels us against, is to curl up in a ball and hate our enemies. Sure. Jesus said, love your enemies. Right. Um, have you struggled with resentment since this experience? And do you have any words of advice for people who are watching the news, seeing the negative trends against people like us, and, and growing in anger and frustration? Like, how do you balance, like, I'm going to work for justice, but I'm also going to love my enemies at the same time. Sure. How do you balance this in your own soul? Because you're not here as a mess. Who's it? There's no bitterness. I mean, like, bitterness, as Augustine said, is like drinking poison, hoping another person dies. Like, yeah. so 
why would I want to do that? You know, so I, I don't resent any of them because a lot of them are confused. A lot of them were like the Nazis, like following orders, they would say that. But, you know, a lot of them are duped too, and they don't have the moral courage to stand up against their employers. So for me, I have no resentment. My kids might have some, right? Because uh, they're little and they don't yeah, understand. Yeah. But I see, the, I see that, the, right, time. they're traumatized. My wife might have some resentment, but for me, it's been a pure gift, a pure gift. I can only say that because I, I'm more grafted into the sonship of Christ. I'm more grafted into the crucified Christ. Like, why would I say no to that? Like, thank you, DOJ, for helping me to come more like Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. That's kind of a weird response, but that's kind of how I feel in, inside. Well, you know, outside the understanding of grace and the Lord's love for us, everything is like, you know, I don't get it. People right. wouldn't get it. When yeah. you're inside, it's like stained glass window from the inside of a church. Like, ah, oh, I get it. It's yeah, 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 right, right. You know? The tapestry. Yeah, even, you see it. Yeah, even yeah. death, even suffering, even persecution. Dude, thanks for your witness. Thanks for your strength. And, and thanks for standing up for life. But thanks also for the response. Um, that isn't fueled by resentment, but yeah. continued love. Yeah. So I'm gonna pray that you keep having that response, because that's not. I'm sure that's a regular battle, because you're face to face people who want to bring you down. Sure, sure. And uh, I'm gonna let's be, be praying for the church that that we all have that response. Amen. Of love. Right? Thanks be to God. It's all our invitation, right? We all Amen. we just have to say yes to it. Amen. Hey, God Thanks bless for you, man. Thanks all you do, man. Yeah, Blessed dude. to know you. Yeah, you too. We're praying for you. All right, likewise. Guys, I want to thank you so much, missionaries of joy. You're the people who make this work happen. If you want to become one, get off the sidelines, get into this work. This work is all sustained by monthly donors making small gifts, and we pour back into you and help you live your faith with courage and with love. Go to reallifecatholic.com and find the Missionaries of Joy link. Sign up to be a monthly donor today. Also, uh, we're not just uh, giving you stuff. We're a community that supports each other. Uh, a lot of my Missionaries of Joy recently, just uh, I asked them, do you have prayer requests? And they responded via text uh, to prayer requests. So we're just going to share the screen with you for just a minute. If we just pull up the screen of prayer requests from our missionaries of joy. Okay, now you're watching right now. You see that? It's it's not real neat and tidy, but there it is. Could you please take a screenshot of that right now? And I want to ask you, if you're watching this show, don't just jump in as a supporter. And maybe you can't support right now. That's fine. Jump in as a prayer supporter. I want you to join me in praying for those people by name that whatever they're asking God for, whatever they're asking us to get around them spiritually for and back them with, uh, that you jump into that too and lift them up in prayer this week. All right, guys, I love you so much. The Lord loves you so much. Even if, maybe especially if you're watching this and disagree with me, and I'm, I'm really surprised sometimes by the viewers and the comments I get from people who seem to hate religion and Christianity, Catholicism, belief in God in general. I'll tell you what, I don't just love our missionaries of joy. I love you too. Thank you for watching. Uh, and you're, you're watching for a reason. There was one comment I got uh, the other day from one of our viewers uh, who, who just said, I disagree with everything you're saying and started kind of insulting me a little bit for my faith in God. Uh, someone calling it a sky daddy. And my response was, okay, so why are you watching the entire show? And why are you taking time to respond? It's amazing how people who don't believe in God actually take the time to watch and respond. Why are you doing that? And I would suggest this is the reason. If, you, if you're disagreeing with half the things I'm saying, yet you're watching anyway, here's the reason. You want me to be right. What? You do. You want me to be right. There's my challenge to you. Ask your heart. Are you really happy with the idea 
that you're maybe just a, a lump of self-aware space dust destined for nothingness? Or do you somewhere deep inside hope that I convince you? I think we could have another episode all about that, but I just want to leave it there with that question. Love y'all. Thanks for watching.